Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. Welcome to the 11th season of Heart to Heart with Anna. Our theme this season is Heart Warrior Siblings, and we have a great show for you. Today's show is Growing Up with a Heart Warrior Brother, and our guest is Daniel Isaac Shydock. Dan has known his brother Ty, born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome, for his whole life, and having recently become a dad himself, might have a new and different perspective on being a sibling of a heart warrior. He says he never really thought about his brother having hypoplastic left heart syndrome. His family knew about it before Ty was born. Until he and his wife went in for their 20-week ultrasound, the doctor said they wanted them to come back at 24 weeks to get a good look at the heart since his brother had HLHS. So I guess Dan and his wife have Ty to thank for getting another look at their baby. So welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, Dan. Thank you. Happy to be here. And before the show, we were talking a little bit about your family. I have known your mom forever, or at least known of her, because we have been on similar groups and listservs. And so I'm so happy to finally get to meet you. Yeah, she's been active in a lot of stuff, so it's kind of cool to hear someone else that she's been able to talk with about all of the stuff going on. Yeah, she's amazing. So, hi, Karen. I hope you're listening to the program. Hi, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing that I thought was really neat was that you don't have just one brother, Ty. You have some other siblings. So why don't you tell us briefly about your other siblings? I have an older sister, Emily, who currently works in Chicago, and then Tyler is my younger brother, and my youngest brother is Sam, who is currently enrolled at Calvin College in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Awesome. And everyone in the family is heart healthy, except Ty has HLHS, right? That's correct. Okay. It must have been shocking to you when your wife first became pregnant to think, oh my gosh, we need to look at this a little bit more closely. Well, actually, it didn't really even cross my mind until we were further along in the process and a few of them, and they said they'd want to take a second look at the heart because Tyler has HLHS. And so that was a little scary to think something could be going on there. Thankfully, we went back and had the second ultrasound at 24 weeks, Mm -hmm. and everything was okay, which is good, and she's a very healthy, loud baby. So we're (laughs) thankful for that. That sounds fabulous. Well, what do you remember about Ty when he was a baby? I don't remember too much when he was a little baby. I remember my grandma, my mom's mom in Minnesota, came and watched my sister and I. I think he had his first surgery on my birthday. And so my mom was like, not only did you get a brother for your birthday, but he had his first surgery that helped save his life on my birthday. Oh, my gosh. Wow. He had it the very day he was born? No, uh, the day I was born. So he was born September 18 of 93, and then I was born September 23rd of 1990. So five days after he was born, he had his first surgery. Wow. You and your brother are very similar to my son and his brother, because 
Alex came three days before Joey's birthday. And he came two weeks early. And I say that he did that because he wanted to be outside of me to enjoy the cake and ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) There's an ulterior motive there, I'm sure. Uh, Cake and ice cream is a great motive. (laughs) I think so. So yeah, when I had my son Joey on, it was the same thing when I asked him what he remembered. He had very few memories, but He did have some memories because just like you, he was the oldest brother in the family. So did you feel that you had to help take care of your brother when he had his doctor's appointments since he was younger than you? I didn't really get the sense of that I needed to take care of him at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, as we grew up a little bit, it was kind of the whole nobody picks on my brother but me. So I'd (laughs) I'd watch out for him and make sure nobody else picked on him. Mm -hmm. But I definitely did a good amount of picking on him. But he's my brother, you know, brotherly love, got to do that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah, that's really it. I didn't feel like I needed to help him with this or that. One other thing that I want to mention during this is I think my parents did a great job of not making myself or my sister feel neglected because Tyler needed all of that extra attention with the surgeries and other things going on. Mm Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good to know, because I can guarantee you, as the parent of a child with a heart defect and a heart-healthy child, that was one of the things that I worried about, was how was Joey going to feel about all of this attention that I had to give to Alex? And he said the same thing that you did. He didn't feel neglected. And you know what? That is music to our ears. I'm sure Karen will download this episode and keep it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and looking back, you know, having our daughter now and sitting there thinking, okay, you had two kids and then you had Tyler who had the heart surgery and needed all this. And I'm sitting here going, I'm having trouble with one. I don't know how you did it with three total. Right. Right. I don't know how she did either. I only had two. It was hard for me with just two. It sounds like she did an excellent job of raising you. And it sounds to me like you were for Ty what my son was for his brother. We used to call Joey the normalizer because just like you were saying, nobody can pick on my brother but me. That's exactly how it was with Joey. (laughs) And you guys were raised in the same generation. I mean, Joey was born in 91 and Alice was in 94. So you're just a year older than Joey is. And I don't know about you, but both my boys were Power Rangers. Were you into Power Rangers? when you were a kid? I don't know. I don't recall ever really watching Power Rangers. Oh my gosh. Joey was the blue Power Ranger and Alex was the red one. And oh yeah, they did all kinds of karate chops and that kind of thing. Oh, we did that kind of stuff. I don't know if it had anything to do with Power Rangers or not. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So you felt fine playing with Ty like you did anybody else, like your other siblings or your friends? Oh yeah. He was just one of us. I didn't think of him any differently, although there were a few times where, you know, brotherly love, I'd hit him a few times, and there was one time where I hit him in his sternum, and it's like cement, and it hurt. <laughs> oh, wow. It hurt you. It didn't oh, hurt yeah. him, he, but it hurt He you? didn't seem to notice, but I kind of like <laughs> tried to backhand swing at him, and I hit my hand, and it hurt. That thing is cement. Wow. So. Other than that, no, not really. <laughs> so I guess you didn't worry too much about his scar then, did you? No, not at all. And I think, I don't remember if it was a t-shirt or a phrase or something, but he keeps saying it to this day, you know, chicks dig scars. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I have to know, my son has come up with some really creative stories about his scar. Does Ty ever make up funny stories about his scar? I don't know that he has. If he has, I haven't heard him. 
Okay. We lived in Florida for two years. And when we moved back to Texas, my older son, Joey, was on a swim team. And so, of course, Alex had to try out for swim team too. And somebody looked at his scar in the dressing room and said, hey, man, what happened to you? And he said, oh, you know, I used to live in Florida. I got attacked by a shark. <laughs> that's that's good <laughs> oh i have heard some really creative stories over the years that people tell about their scars it's too funny you should ask ty he might be I holding should. something huh. back from you yeah he might come up with some pretty creative things i don't know <laughs> yeah you just you just never know you have an older sister and then there's you and then you have younger siblings too yes did you worry about your younger sibling other than Ty, might also have a heart problem? I think I was around eight when he was born. So again, it wasn't really something that crossed my mind, especially because with Tyler, it just was normal. That's who he was. He had the medicine he had to take for blood thinners. and But there really wasn't anything different about him from the outside. He did have a slightly paralyzed or paralyzed vocal cord, so he was very quiet. But other than that, you really couldn't tell there was anything different about him. That's great. That's good to hear. Tell me what your favorite memory is of you and Ty when you were little boys. Oh, boy. My favorite memory when we were little boys. Well, I know we played a lot of wiffle ball in the backyard and a lot of video games. One that always sticks out in my mind is I was very good at pushing his buttons when we were playing video games, whether that be a baseball game, racing game, whatever. And oftentimes I would push him a little too far and he'd start throwing things. Oh, no. I think to this day, he still owes me at least one, if not two, video game controllers from throwing him against the door or the wall. So I might have to give him a call after this and see if I can uh, recoup those costs. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, it sounds like the two of you just had a normal brotherly relationship. Yeah, looking back, it was pretty normal at the time. I wasn't real happy, but yeah, it was... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Anna Jaworski has written several books to empower the congenital heart defect or CHD community. These books can be found at Amazon.com or at her website, www.babyheartspress.com. Her bestseller is The Heart of a Mother, an anthology of stories written by women for women in the CHD community. Anna's other books, My Brother Needs an Operation, The Heart of a Father, and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents, will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. Before the break, we talked with Dan about his childhood with a brother with hypoplastic left heart syndrome or HLHS. And now we're going to focus on what the teenage years have been like for him. So Dan, tell us how you felt when you were 16 and I was 13 in a hospital getting a pacemaker. <laughs> well, there's an actual interesting story about this same time. So there was a whole thing going on here just before Tyler got a pacemaker. Okay. My dad had his appendix out in Wisconsin when we were on a camping trip. And so coming back from that, he couldn't drive at all. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was my mom went with my brother to Omaha for the surgery because my sister at the time needed to have dental surgery or jaw surgery or something like that in Fort Dodge, which was not really anywhere close. Oh, my goodness. And so... 
I ended up driving my father and my sister up to Fort Dodge, a little farther to stay with my mom's cousin for the night, coming back, picking them up, driving them back to where we lived in Pella at the time, and then making multiple trips back and forth from Pella to Omaha because my dad couldn't drive. So oh it was my quite gosh. a time. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Everybody seems to have had something going on or else they were the caretakers to the people having something going on. Wow. Wow. So at a young age, I mean, 16 is really pretty young. You had a lot of responsibility on your shoulders. I did going back and forth. And I think if you ask my sister, the trip back from Fort Dodge to Pella, I think she swears I hit every single bump twice. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I can just imagine. That is really an amazing story. And you must have been worried about your dad because most people don't get their appendix taken out when they're going on a campy trip. No, I think he just wanted to get out of the tent and go stay in a hotel and watch Sports Center. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. That's quite a story, Dan. Well, what was it like going through high school with Ty? Were you all in the same school? We did all go through the same school. The interesting thing is that my sister and I and Ty and I are all about the same age difference. So I was in high school with my sister for a year or so. And then Ty was a freshman when I was a senior. So there was an interesting dynamic there. You know, your brother's a freshman. Freshman. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but you were the freshman with your sister. Is it different with the sister-brother dynamic than it was with you and your brother? It's definitely different. I know with my brother and I, he played tennis and baseball as well, and we were actually on the same tennis team, partially due to us only having six or seven people. But that was a fun experience, and then we've also loved baseball since we were yay high and could throw ping pong balls that we were given by our uncle. So (laughs) we've been doing that for a long, long time. Wow, so he was on the tennis team. That's a very vigorous sport for somebody who basically has half a heart. Well, he played pretty much everything growing up, baseball, football, Flag football, I should say. Flag football. Mm -hmm. But pretty much anything kicked around the soccer ball. I couldn't tell you how many games of wiffle ball and wiffle ball home run derby we played in the backyard. I mean, it's just been something like, okay, we're well, now we're in high school playing the sports we've played forever. So it wasn't too much in that aspect, but it was kind of weird walking around and seeing my brother at the same school for a while. Yeah, I can imagine. (laughs) When you were talking about all of these sports, I was thinking, wow. Flag football. Okay, I live in Texas. There's no way there would be flag football in high school. You must have gone to a really <laughs> well, small school. Well, this was before, before high school. Oh, that was and before high school. Okay. We actually didn't get football as a high school until 7th or 8th grade. They had just gotten a football program in the high school. Oh, wow. See, football in Texas is just, you know, it's everything. <laughs> you, say, you can't say Texas without saying football. I know. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. They are fanatic about football here. Well, I believe it. I mean, I'm a Detroit Lions fan, and our quarterback is from Texas. Oh, well, I hope he's doing a good job for you guys. I think so. (laughs) Well, good, good. What was it like for you when you went off to college and left your family? I think for me at that point, I was ready to move on to that next stage. Well, yeah, it sounds like you were super mature for your age. So, I mean, you weren't going to college at 16, right? Right. Mm -hmm. No, but you had already shouldered a lot of responsibility at 16. So I'm sure by 18, which is when kids typically go to college, you were ready for that. Oh, definitely. I mean, and the 
experiences and circumstances that you deal with kind of form and mold you as a person. And it was one of those where, okay, mom and dad, I love you, but I'm ready to be on my own. Right. I didn't really think about it at the time, but I mean, we had cell phones and we had things like Skype and other things where if he needed to talk to me or I wanted to say, hey, what are you doing? That type of thing. We had the options to do that. I think if I had gone to college at a different time when those things weren't as prevalent, it would have been different. But I mean, it didn't really feel like for me, I was too far away with having those options if I needed something or he needed something. So I didn't really think about it too much. How far away did you go to school? It's about four hours from uh, Pella to I went to college in northwestern Iowa in Orange City, and that's about four-ish hours. So not too far away. Okay. Yeah, that's not too bad. You were able to go home for Thanksgiving and Christmas and all of the major holidays. Yep. And I had, there were several other people from my high school who also went up and went to college in the same place. Oh, great. And it sounds like you're from a small town, so it sounds really tight knit. That's the impression I'm getting. (laughs) Funny enough, Orange City, Iowa and Pella, Iowa are two of the bigger Dutch communities. And so there's basically a pipeline going back and forth. There was one time, I think it was end of October, early November, I was walking to class in shorts and I got a phone call from my mother about three minutes later asking why I was wearing shorts to class. (laughs) I love it. So she has spies everywhere. (laughs) Wow. I love that story. Well, what was it like for you when your brother went off to college? Were you already completely out on your own by that time? Let's see. He When he started college, I think I was just married. Oh, wow. Okay. So I didn't really think too much about, I mean, obviously I'm proud of him for going to college and he's since graduated, mm-hmm. but I didn't really think anything about it. You know, I was getting married and then having my senior year, got to get ready to make sure I graduate and all that fun stuff. Right. Absolutely. So what did you study in college? I was a history major. And what is it that you do? Right now, I'm actually working for Citibank in their Costco Payment Investigations Department. I totally get that. When I was going to graduate school, I worked in a credit union, and there were a lot of us there with different kinds of majors. (laughs) 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 And you know what? They really wanted to have people there who had different interests and who had a college education. It didn't have to be in banking. They were really interested in having people with a diverse background. So how interesting. What did Ty study in college? He was a political science major, I believe. And what is he doing right now? Right now he is working, I believe the company is called uh, Compreneu in Grand Rapids, Michigan. They work with recycling electronics, protecting data, empowering community. Wow. So it sounds like both of you are working in jobs that are fun for you, something that you enjoy. Is that true? It definitely, at least for me, it's always interesting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I never quite know what's going to happen the next day, what people are going to do. Usually what I end up doing is searching for payments that people have sent in and they didn't put their name on or they don't have part of their account number on it. And so I get to try and search for these things. And so from a research aspect, I enjoy it. That's kind of why I was a history major. I enjoy researching and looking into things and figuring out Why did this happen? What caused it? That type of thing. Dan, you're a detective. That sounds much cooler than the way I put it. Yeah. (laughs) Home Tonight Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective.
I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. Home tonight forever. Before the break, we were talking with Dan about his teenage years with his brother, who was born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome, and now we're going to talk to him about his feelings about the future. Dan, after you got married, how did that affect your relationship with Ty? <laughs> That's quite the question. Basically, one of the things before I got married, you know, he'd occasionally ask me about advice about girls and that type of thing. Soon as I get married, suddenly I know nothing about girls, and he starts asking <laughs> my wife all of those questions. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like he has a good relationship with your wife. Seems like it. He gets uh, along with her pretty well. They're both into the idea of flipping houses and that type of thing. So they talk about HGTV shows from time to time, and it's like, okay, good luck. I have no interest in that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know your wife from childhood? Is this somebody that Ty grew up with? No, my wife and I met at our freshman orientation before college. Okay, that's pretty cool. Is she from the same area? She's from Lamar's, Iowa, which is just about 20 minutes outside of Orange City where we went to college. Oh, okay. So not too terribly far, but it's not somebody you grew up and went to high school with. <laughs> no, no. One of the first things we did at this freshman orientation was we got split up into small groups to go on a scavenger hunt. And we're standing in a circle and we're going through our names and she's standing next to me and we have name tags on and she keeps looking at me and I say, you know, hi, I'm Dan Shydock. And a little bit later, we're walking to the first spot and she looks at me and goes, uh-uh, that doesn't work. Those letters do not make those sounds. That's not right. <laughs> well, when you told me how to pronounce it, I thought... Okay, I think it's Czech. Is that right? Slovak. Slovak. Okay. Because we have a lot of Czechs in the community where I live. And so I was curious. I knew that I was going to pronounce it Sajak. And I thought, I bet that's not the right way. <laughs> no, I don't have a rich Uncle Pat who hosts Wheel of Fortune. Darn so, it. No. Darn it. <laughs> I know. I just missed out on that one. Little did she know that she was going to have that last name for herself. Did she keep her last name or did she take yours? She took mine. And actually on our wedding day, as we were driving from our venue to where we were having the reception, I looked at her and I went, remember when you said those letters don't go together at all? <laughs> you can have that for the rest of your life. Congratulations, dear. <laughs> and whenever you have telemarketers calling you, I bet they come up with all kinds of creative ways to say your name. They do. And as soon as they do, I say, sorry, I don't know anybody by that name. And hang up. Them. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Let's get a little bit more serious for a minute now. We talked at the very beginning a little bit about you and your wife having a baby. I'm imagining that you brought Kaylee home to visit the family and they all got to meet her before you got married, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And did you tell her about Ty's heart defect? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. When did you tell to her about his heart defect? Probably the first time they met. I don't think it ever really came up before that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine why it would. Yeah, you know, unless, you know, somebody else was talking about it and you said, oh, yeah, my brother has a heart defect. But yeah, I can imagine. All that. that. 
Right. That's not something that you would normally say, I guess. So do you think that she was worried when you all decided to get pregnant that maybe her baby would have a heart defect? If she did, she'd never voiced them to me. It didn't cross my mind at all. She never said anything about it up until they said, your brother has hypoplastic left heart syndrome. We want to make sure we take a second look at that. And that's when it kind of was like, oh boy, this could be something extremely serious. Thankfully, there wasn't anything. But I think that's probably when that worry level started to creep up higher and higher. Yeah. Now, has your older sister had any babies? No, she is not currently married, and I don't think she's seeing anybody. So no no babies for her. Okay, so your baby was the first grandbaby. Yes, first grandbaby. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I bet Karen was so excited. <laughs> she was, yes. Very, very excited. Neither of my sons have gotten married yet, and there are no grandbabies yet. Joey is going to marry Ashley. I know he is. They're engaged right now, and I love her. already consider her my daughter, so I know when Ashley gets pregnant, I'm going to be a nervous wreck. How did Karen handle it? I never heard anything from her about it. I mean, she was just excited that Kaylee was pregnant and we were going to have her first grandkid. And all she really wanted and all she ever mentioned was she wanted the baby to be healthy. Right. Okay, Karen, I'm going to have to call you when Ashley gets pregnant so I can be calm like you were. <laughs> <laughs> well, and she might not have been calm at all. I don't know what she was like with talking to my dad about it at all. But I know talking to me, she was just basically excited. Well, good. And that's how I hope I will be, too, because you don't want congenital heart defects to overshadow everything. And yet, it's something we have lived with for over two decades. So it's something that it's always there. It doesn't go away. And you just hope and pray that if something does happen, like it did with Ty, like it did with Alex, that you're going to have the strength to deal with it. And your family sounds really tight, really supportive of one another and so close that you know that if something were to happen, you have that support there. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I'm surprised that Karen found out in utero because I didn't find out until after my son was born. Well, I could be wrong, but I believe she said that they found out beforehand. Yeah. There were people who did find out back then. I mean, the ultrasounds definitely were not as sophisticated as they are today. And I don't know that doctors looked for it back then. I mean, I remember us looking at the heart saying, oh, look at the heartbeat. But I don't remember them ever saying, let's look at how many chambers there are in that heart. Mm -hmm. We just looked at the heart beating. Yeah, well, we had to be careful. We didn't want to find out and we didn't find out what we were having until our daughter Elena arrived. And so it's like, okay, we want to look at you know all the heart stuff, but you know, we don't want to see anything else that might spoil that for us. I can't believe this. We just said you're a detective and you didn't want to know, Dan? <laughs> no, it's to me, it's kind of like Christmas. Yeah. I'll give you the list of what I want, but I don't want to know until I open it. Oh my gosh. I had to know. <laughs> With both of them. Yeah. I had to give up finding out for any other kids that we have to not find out on the first one. Are you planning on having more children? We are planning on having more, and so we'll probably be finding out. But to not find out for the first one, I basically had to give up that option for the rest of them. <laughs> well, it sounds like you have a wonderfully happy family, and it sounds like everything is going great. What kind of uncle is Ty? Does he spoiler? <laughs> She's not quite at the age of spoiling, but one of the first things that he bought Elena were Chelsea onesies, Aww. so like the soccer team. <laughs> and he also bought a little bear with the Chelsea Aww, jersey on it. How sweet. And then we got a picture of him where he has, he's a big Chelsea fan, has all kinds of stuff. And then we've dressed Elena up in the Chelsea onesie and then took a picture with him. Oh, that's so neat. 
he's definitely someone who's sitting there like, okay, I'm not going to try and fight it. I love being an uncle. Oh, that's so <laughs> neat. In my family, my husband's brother, my brother-in-law played the devoted uncle and he would send the loudest, craziest toys to my children. So watch out because you never know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my my dad's brother did the same thing. At least for me, he got me a little phaser gun when I was little that made made all kinds of noise. Oh my gosh. And I have already warned my siblings that if they do anything like that, we're having the first kids. So we will be able to reciprocate <laughs> the lovely, noisy toys. That's right. And they only get noisier and crazier the longer time goes on. <laughs> so they are going to have to watch out. That's too funny. A phaser gun. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I just love these stories. When I was a mother of a young child who had a congenital heart defect, the prognosis for Alex was not very good. And everything was so doom and gloom. I would have loved to have talked to somebody like you and hear that you had a wonderful relationship with your brother growing up and now you've had a child and that child is heart healthy. I mean, what a picture of hope you've painted. <laughs> well, it's pretty easy when I'm a big Star Wars fan. Mm -hmm. So I kind of think from time to time, my brother's a little bit like Han Solo from one of the movies. He's flying his Millennium Falcon and C-3PO, one of the droids, is calculating the odds of things. Uh -huh. And his line back to that was, never tell me the odds. And <laughs> that's my brother to a T. My parents had the option of going through the surgeries or taking him home and letting him die. And for the last Roughly 24 years, 25 years, he's been like, never tell me the ads. I'm just going to beat them. I love it. That is the perfect way for us to end this show. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening today, friends. I hope you'll tune in next week at noon on Tuesday or anytime. That's the great thing about podcasts. Once we broadcast, they are always available whenever it's convenient for you. So have a great day. And remember, my friends, you are not alone. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time. This program is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.hug-podcastnetwork.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more.